All right. I think we're recording. It's always a crapshoot. Hello there. Oh, wow. <laughs> what? Sultry sounds of Liza. Hey there. Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits. Coming to you from the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. Hey everyone, this is Liza and we are back. We are all back. It's been a long time since we've all been together. And, uh, oh wait, there's... Never mind, I was trying John, to tell John's, you. John's, John's using throwing gang signs at me. I was me. trying to tell you, your cup just went out the window. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> cup just went out the window. What is the gang sign for your cup went out the window? It's like... Oh, okay. Like yeah, that. that plays well. Like that. Okay. Well, you can tell we are in rare form. <laughs> We've spent, some of us has spent a lot of time together and some of us haven't. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, running the board tonight. It's everybody stump. It's Stumpy John. Yeah, I'm here. I'm still getting sleep back from uh, <laughs> from last week. But yeah, baby, we're here. Deep, I was knee deep in Bergman today. Yeah, you were. And of course, who was helping you? The only one who could. It's Miss Emma. Experienced motorcycle riders remain aware of what is going on around them. They improve their riding strategy by using C, a three-step process for making appropriate judgments and applying them correctly in different traffic situations. C stands for search, evaluate, and execute. Someone stole our Emma while she was in Italy. It gives me an idea. Maybe this could be just what somebody needs to to play to go to sleep. Just Emma reading the DMV handbook. I'm telling you, this is body snatchers. Someone took our Emma. So, I don't know what that um, was. For those listening, if you would like me to read the entire DMV motorcycle handbook as an aid for insomnia... Give me a holler, and I will be happy to do that That's for right, because there's no more phone books. So you gotta yeah, there's no more phone books, so I will read as a bedtime story. Hello, children. It's time for your bedtime story. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> Can you read a version in ASMR? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, and, of course, by the open window, looking at his mug outside, it's Naked Jim. <laughs> I'm just uh, thinking about Emma's pearl necklace in a nighttime story at the moment. What? Okay. Or, oh, wait. Oh, she's wearing a pearl necklace. Everyone oh, yeah, that. You've That's never seen no me letters, without no one. No letters. And, of course, back safely from his adventure, it is Bagel. And I have a new number, 4 to 16. Oh, 4 running 16. So the 4 running 12 not? Yeah. Oh, four, 4 running 16 not running. 16 not running. (laughs) But that's okay, Bagel. This is a judgment-free zone. You have 20% of... 25. 25, yeah. No, you're right. 20%. It is 20%, yeah. 20% running. Which which is pretty good for me. That's not bad. (laughs) Yeah, that's... Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. And, and and working on more. I'm guessing you were added to your collection at Ohio. Uh, I did not add to my collection, but I added to my account of running vehicles at Mid-Ohio. Oh, good O. Yeah. That's right. Ah. Yeah. Some, something got diddled in Ohio. It did. What Did the <laughs> Honda Whisperer, Johnny Mac, diddle it? No, no. He, he, no, he, he had a little bit of I advice, think. but I, I did all the diddling and 
Yeah, woke it up. Right on. Well, in fact, we are going to give our report. It has been so hard all day not sharing all of our stories of vintage days with Emma, who was just eagerly Mm. awaiting to hear them, I'm sure. Uh, Oh, yes. It says here. (laughs) (laughs) But instead, first, we had to put her to work straight away, putting... Uh, John's Bergman back together. You want to give a little synopsis of what what's going on with the Bergman? Yeah. So, um, oh, what? Oh, uh, uh, am I back? You're yeah, back. you're back. Sorry. Oh no, thank you, darling. Um, he, he diddled the board. The, yeah, he was the board diddler. So, um, the Bergmans had a little bit of an ongoing um, fuel injection light problem, and it's it's a typical problem with Suzuki's because they have a primary. Uh, throttle body butterfly and a motor controlled secondary one and the motor fails and the gears jam up so um, before I left for um, my alpine adventure um, we took the fuel injection off and I was going to lubricate all the gears and do that and somehow Mm -hmm. while the throttle body was off a foreign body got introduced into the in, into the intake and bounced around in the combustion chamber, which made me very angry. You said that it stopped the engine; it seized it. Yeah, well, it's what, um, yeah. I what mean, would it, cause that? Why wouldn't it just rattle around? Well, because it jammed between the cylinder and the piston. Oh, okay. Because it was quite big. Um, still got no idea what it was or where it came from, but it was in there. And I mean. <sighs> Much as I love the Recycle Garage, it's not always the greatest environment for doing deep engine. Because, you know, it's sometimes it's hard finding a clean area. Um, and there's always so many people about and so many distractions. You know, I'm thinking somebody was very interested in what was going on and maybe had something in their hand and it just kind of fell out. I can't imagine anybody do anything like that. Because it's quite a big intake. Anyway, I had to pull down the top end of the engine, which I did before we left, and I mm-hmm. evaluated it and cleaned up the piston and the combustion chamber. Um, and I instructed Johnny, mm-hmm. Johnny, to buy new gaskets and an air filter element. And a, and a spark plug. And a sparkling plug, um, which ran you about 100 bucks, didn't it, for everything? A bit more. Mm, a bit more than that, yeah. Because well, Suzuki the air cleaner was sixty five. Yeah, Suzuki are very proud of the price of their air cleaners. Jeez. Well, things are more expensive now. I picked up a pair of cheap turn signals the other day, like the cheapo ones, just a forty, like forty three dollars. That ain't cheap. No, no, it's not cheap at all. How much did you pay for your burrito today? Oh, it was steak enchiladas with sour cream. Um, Ooh, whatever it was, it, sh- it should have been 18 more. Bucks. Yeah, I got burrito, yeah. burritos I, and a Coke, and it was 17 Shit's expensive I had two, now, though. two tacos and a, and a soda. Wow. And a good tip, because he delivers to the garage. Right, right, right. Where's but my never, tip? I took it back. But nevertheless, so we had a, um, a big list of parts. But anyway, you know, so today... I pulled the motor down. It took me about 45 minutes, but it's yeah. probably about five hours to put it back together again. Yeah, I, I, I didn't realize it would be that complicated to put it back together. It sounds like you ran into some issues along the way. Things don't always go perfect. Yeah, and I mean... Because I saw a tap being put away. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, generally, any time that you have dissimilar metals that are yeah. married to each other, especially when exhaust... Um, temperatures are involved, that's a problem. But I'm thrilled to say the bike runs great, um, Mm -hmm. starts great, sounds great, no smoke, no funny noises, no FI light. So um, 
next week uh, we kind of ran out of time yeah next week we'll just top off the coolant and put the remains of the bodywork back and off he goes again go. on uss stump town <laughs> i mean they really are an absolute masterpiece of engineering those those bergmans no matter what bagel thinks um, <laughs> I never said they were bad. Yeah, I mean they're just different, aren't they? Yeah, they you are. You know, it's it's a different way of going about things. Um, I do tend to enjoy the styling of Japanese scooters, though, um, and that goes right back to the Fuji Rabbit, which was a bizarre-looking thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Japanese have always not been afraid to style their scooters in a very individualistic way. Would you agree yeah. with that, and, Bagel? Oh, yeah. And then also scooters like the Honda Juno from the, the early to mid-50s right. as well. Which, again, is a styling right. exercise in um, oh yeah strangeness. <laughs> yep. So, um, no, so I think we're on to a winner there, Johnny. Yeah, thank you. thanks for all the work. Oh, no, you're welcome. It's what I do, you know. Mm-hmm. And I fixed a thing today. <clears throat> And by I, I mean Doug. <laughs> but I was helping. No, the the Amigo. The Amigo. Oh, Amigo? Really? It's still, I mean, um, last I played with it, it had been having um, fuel issues. As you know, it kept clogging the fuel filter. Yes. So it wasn't really mm. reliable. Uh, you know, you'd, someone would be out back in the woods <laughs> and it'd get clogged. And uh, so I pulled the tank out and cleaned it, flushed it out, and I pulled the carbs out and cleaned it, put it back together. Still struggling. So Doug and I were pulling everything apart, checking everything. And I said, you know, the one thing I haven't checked yet is the hose that connects the gas tank to the carburetor. Mm -hmm. And so Mm. when we pulled the fuel filter off, we realized there's a... At first, there's gas that comes out, but then it goes down to a trickle and stops. So it's almost like a, an IV bottle, a drip oh, right. that would accumulate in the fuel filter. But once hmm. the fuel filter it had consumed that gas, it couldn't feed it fast enough. So we simply just took some wire, a roll of wire, and stuck it up the hose. And suddenly, gas started flowing out freely. So I still don't know what was in that tank. Am I? I'm assuming that... They coated it with some sort of grease to keep it from rusting it could in, be. The, or it, in the or warehouse it, or something. Or it might be just weird rubber that doesn't like the high ethanol content in California or indeed USA gas. Mm. Um, you know, there's so many things it could be. It's just just, just a piece of crud that was in there? Maybe. No, because it, it, it was, this is the third fuel filter. It completely crapped out the other. So, hmm. But it's a clean wow. tank. So anyway, put it all back together. Oh, it wheelies in second gear now. <laughs> it's wow. fun. In fact, oh, we invented a new thing today, Bagel. Oh, yeah. John, you missed it. You I were did, busy yeah. on the scooter. Oh, yeah. We invented driveway drag racing. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. I had a... Uh, <laughs> Henry was here with a van van, 200cc van mm-hmm. van. Nice and clean, 1,000 yeah, miles. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Very pretty bike. got Doug on the, on the Amigo, and I lined him up in the driveway at the street... Uh, just right at the front, like at the sidewalk, racing about forty feet. Yeah, but starting <laughs> with the straight starting with the, the front the front wheel in the gutter in the gutter in the in the driveway pan. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we did a few races. It was getting exciting, but then it started getting. I think people were getting too excited. Then there was somebody running. Oh, I think it was Jim running around with a gas can, saying, "We need to have a flaming finish line." And, and then, we did. 
And How then, does this place not have a lighter? And then and someone else was, was <laughs> like, hold on, let me get one of the bigger bikes out. I'm like, all right, I'm shutting this down. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was the uh, just another one of your bikes. It was like, get the Elite. And you're like, no, <laughs> no, 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 not my bike. Yeah. Plus, it, the Elite has that champion status. You got to work your way up to drag race the Because there was only about 12 <laughs> feet of runoff till you ran oh, into the we, back of Emma's bike. We need to drag race the Elite versus the Bergman. On uh, a 40 foot race? Yeah. Emma, who do you think would take it? I think Elite. Hmm. The elite, I think elite. The elite certainly a lighter weight mm-hmm. scooter. Yeah. But I got 150 cc. I mean, on. I know for yeah. sure. I think I can do 40, 40 feet. 50, you might catch up, but 40 feet. Maybe. Well, it's but some... one thing I know for sure, John, mm-hmm. I, if we do the 40 foot driveway drag racing, yep. you don't have enough room to stop. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, thanks for th- that. No, but wait a minute. Wow, you got too much weight. It's going to take a lot longer. No, well, you got disc brakes on it's there, got right? Dual discs on the front well, and a disc on the rear. You've got drums. Your front elite has drums. Yeah, but that Bergman is so much bigger and heavier. Yeah, well, that's what the discs are for. Okay, we'll have to try it out. All right, mm-hmm. Gauntlet is thrown down. All right, we may have to do that. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was it was nice to have everyone back together again mm-hmm. uh, in the garage doing our our, our own shenanigans. Um, but we wanted to share stories from vintage days. You know, we we talked this up. Um, Cleveland Moto guys talked this up, and before we even get into it, I want to say a big big thanks yeah. to Phil at Cleveland Moto. Yep. For his yeah. hospitality and generosity. Uh, he yep. really makes it a better event for us all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They Absolutely. all are, could not be more generous. Yeah. yeah. And Overwhelming. I, yeah. The cup overfloweth. Mm-hmm. And his crew, Johnny Mac and Cinch and oh, yeah. Bruce and Harley Bob and all those guys. I, mean, oh, I was eating Tom. food from every Tom. It's hard to yeah. name all the people because there is. were so many freaking great people to hang out with. You know, but yeah. <clears throat> hats off to Klimamoto, man. <clears throat> And yeah. Becky with the awesome food too. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and Merritt. Oh yeah. Yes. So yeah. And Porco. <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, yeah. So first off, Emma, did you ever make it to Porco in in Cleveland? No, I don't think so. So that's their Hawaiian bar, tiki bar, tiki bar. Right. Um, great food. Mm-hmm. And I guess pretty good drinks. I I let the bartender make me some non-alcoholic thing, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And great time. Oh yeah, that place yeah, is awesome. Yeah. It, it, it's like the best um, tiki bar I've been to. Oh, the food was. Good. And I've been to a bunch of tiki bars, like Maui included and stuff. The drinks were killer. The atmosphere was amazing. And and being with Phil, you know, you get all the backstory on where the right. the carvings came from and the giant head came, came from. And, and you know, really there's fun. <clears throat> there's tchotchkes on on shelves all over the place, and there's a bunch of the portable bars. You know, bars that fold up into like a suitcase. All on display, and Phil's like, yeah, those are all mine. <laughs> of course they're his. Uh, so started out great uh, there, and then the next morning, headed to Vintage Days. But here's the thing. <clears throat> we had so much real estate between everyone, everyone in our group, the Cleveland Moto, Noko Moto, Misfits, and listeners, mm-hmm. that um, the, we knew we needed to get somebody there early to stake it out. So fortunately, Wendy Crockett got there Wednesday night. The event doesn't start till Friday morning. <laughs> uh, Wednesday night, we got there Thursday morning, but uh, Sleepy, Sleepy Cinch there. got there early. And kind of between Wendy huge. and Sleepy, yeah, like so flagged big. out, I think, 80 yards of frontage. 
And then At we least, yeah. added about, Phil said like 260 something feet. Then we added another um, like 30 yeah. yards across, across from yeah. us <clears throat> with Bagel, Tom, the Biddles, and the Bills. <laughs> yeah. So um, that, that right away, having a community like that, mm-hmm. we had like there was multiple kitchen setups, and then Tom and, and Becky set up a bar, like a yep. full bar. Oh, yeah. And they were super generous the whole time. Yeah, they were great. You oh, know, yeah. yeah. It was really Mikasa Sukasa. Sandwiches in the morning. Fully. Ready yeah. to go. Oh, yeah. Breakfast sandwiches in the morning. They had a Mexican buffet one night set up for everybody. <laughs> yeah. I was, what? Yeah, it was awesome. So just that whole group really takes care of us, but not just us. It allowed us to extend that hospitality to some of our friends, like Wendy Crockett and her husband, Mike, and her daughter, Montessa, and Mark. Augustine from Mimi and Moto, right? Who I would ride down there on a scooter at the end of the day because he was both Wendy and him were working the infield. I'd pick him up, bring him back to the campgrounds, and he would have fun and be fed and get drinks. And then I drop him off later at yeah. night. So I, yeah, I'd he was fun him. to hang out with. That guy's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. And so just you know, our extended family of people, guests on the show, listeners of the show other podcasters right just we have this huge community and it, it was always somebody to talk to or to see or to i mean it was awesome it was well, awesome and it's nice to meet people that you know virtually but you haven't really right. met in person before. but you know That's e- fun everyone's connection. a misfit uh, yeah. we we've got thousands of friends and those who aren't our friends just haven't met us yet you know i'd even go so far to say and tell me if you guys agree that even if there was no event, just everything in the campgrounds and our community would have been enough to be entertaining. Absolutely. Well, I mean, how much racing did we actually right? watch, right? right? And then there's this giant event. So for those who haven't gone AMA Vintage Days, that's the largest swap meet in the country. It is road racing, motocross, hair scrambles, and trials. And flat track sort of and close by. Flat track, yeah, Saturday night and another track. But on the, on, on the location, all those racing all going on around you at the same time. So there's always just something to see. And then, besides that, there's all the other just kind of antics and things going on. But there's the wall of death to watch. There's the infield with the vendors to go talk to. There's uh, seminars and speakers. There's test rides. Oh, Emma, I saved this for you. Royal Enfield and Triumph had test rides. Yes. So we went for a test ride, and I rode the Rocket. This is one of those bikes that's been on my list a long time. It's a lot of bike. It is a lot of bike, isn't it? It pushes the bounds of bikes almost in a way. It does have two (laughs) wheels and handlebars, but my God. And I was surprised to find out. um, Oh, and you know who was running it? Our friend Adam, who we interviewed at AIM Expo. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, he's there. And uh, my friend Danielle, who's from Santa Cruz, was also working there. So um, I was surprised to find out that these were not guided tours. Now, Emma, you remember being there and doing tours. You take everyone out on a guided tour. Right. Um, They're like, here's the key. Just follow the signs. See you in like 20 minutes. Right. And you could go off into that countryside just looking for these signs that tell you when to turn. And they trusted you. They trusted me. On yeah, a it, was a good, it was a good 20 minutes of, you know, easily, easily a dozen roads um, back and forth through the, the beautiful farmland of oh, mid-Ohio. Yeah. <clears throat> 
Beautiful. And um, I really enjoyed riding the rocket. And it is a rocket. John, you were behind me, right? Mm -hmm. As soon as we pull out of the venue and turn right onto this country road, I'm like, well, let's see what it's got. Wow! Gone. (laughs) Gone. I was up to 90 in like three seconds. It was just like, bam! And I realized, this is why they put that that seat stop that you know yeah, yeah, yeah. to keep you from flying off wow. so what can i'm just curious because i don't know much about him i've seen him and I, if you didn't write it i was going to write it because i'm like i'll yeah. never buy or one of these things but just the curious what kind of horsepower does it make what kind of torque do it, these it, things it, make? I, mean, I mean it's the the horsepower isn't massive mm-hmm. it's like a hundred and i can't remember because it's now it's it's a 2.5 now Somebody look up the specs. I think it's like 160 horsepower. It's yeah, not guess. massive, but the torque's off the charts. Oh. Um, okay, yeah, because you were you. It was it was pulling your arms off, kind of. Right. You were impressed. So Emma, I found out that I have a built-in rev limiter. 165 horse. Yeah, there, there you, you go. go. Okay, but the torque—that's the big number. Hold on. And 165 horse is nothing to... No, and I mean, yeah. that's plenty. Well, I mean, you, yeah. you can... It's as good as most super bikes out there, but it's the torque... But the torque doesn't max, let down, huh? Maximum torque is 163 foot-pounds. Right, which is monstrous. Yeah. Against 165 horsepower. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm just... Just take off. I mean, it's a long, straight country road, you know, with cornfields on either side. Um, but I realize I made a poor decision in gear. In that I threw on a windbreaker. Short, shorts and flip-flops? No, again? no. No, you had, to, I, you had to wear long pants and cover everything. I, so I threw on a windbreaker. Which a, was probably flapping. With a hood. Oh, God. Yep, you got it. And I realized at 90 miles an hour, the parachute on my back that was choking me out, I could still breathe, but at 100 miles an hour, I couldn't. Ah. So I could <laughs> not get past 90 uh, without, uh, yeah, regretting. But- you know, my thoughts on the Rocket 3, it's like it's your crazy British uncle <laughs> who is brilliant to hang out with and get drunk over a weekend, but you wouldn't want him to come and live at your house. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Um, would you Would you want one to live with? VMAX, V-Rod. Um, Diavel. D- yeah, Diavel. I mean, they're, they're, they're all the they're, same thing. I mean, was it comfortable? Yeah. Yeah, mm. it was comfortable. It looked like it was comfortable. It was. I would say... Maybe like an alternative to a Harley if you live in Indiana or somewhere flat and straight. I think it takes a certain type of person who has a need that needs to be fulfilled. What does that go for? Like 40, you know I mean? 40 grand or something? Oh, no. They're not that, the, oh, no, is that the, right? How, how did it handle? Well, I also noticed when we started going into some of these sweeping turns that it would carry its weight further in the turn than I expected. Right. So that was one thing. It's a big lump. It's a big lump. And I'm like, oh, I'm turning. I'm like, oh, I'm still <laughs> drifting. So yeah. the MSRP is uh, surprisingly 23.4. Yeah, there you go. Oh, wow, yeah. It's really okay. not bad at all. Yeah. It was fun, but I think I mostly, I really enjoy what felt to me like a very well-designed motor that was smooth. Well, three-cylinder engines inherently are smooth. Um, and they've done a lot of work in that engine to make it. You know, it's gone through a lot of refinements. That that bike came out, geez, when did that thing come out? Early 2000s, so it's been kicking around now for best part of 20 years. And th- it's just gotten better and better and better and better. Yeah, so um, that was enjoyable. Um, Jim, 
What did you ride? You picked a quite responsible bike. Well, I was going to go for the the quick bike, the sexy quick bike that John ended up getting. Um, But then I thought about it. I'm like, we're going through, you know, Amish country. You know, over hill and dale and all that yeah. kind of thing. And I'm like, I don't know. Do I need 160 horsepower or whatever that thing puts out? So I went with, and I don't think I've ever ridden one, was the Speed Twin. That's a good bike. Oh, it was lovely. And, and, you know, for the riding we were doing, it was super comfortable. You know, you guys pulled away from me pretty much every time. but. Yeah. Um, but that's okay because there's driveways and stuff. I wasn't looking to go wicked fast, but I tell you what, if you wanted to tootle around and have a picnic and all that kind of stuff, you know, it didn't want, I mean, it didn't have a ton of power, but it was for a 900 CC bike. It was a, I had, I had a lot of fun riding it. But you know, I tell you what the speed twin is. It is the perfect antidote for somebody who's been riding cruisers and has got a mm. little disillusioned with cruisers mm-hmm. and wants something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. It's perfect yeah and and if you have a partner you want to bring like i said on a picnic Big right super seat. comfortable for yeah. two people um good just, size bike yeah, yeah nice sounds great yeah so i could see like well you picked up the triumph i could see picking one yeah. up those at some point just to have in the in the stable yeah it was fun very <laughs> enjoyable very enjoyable now john uh, made an interesting choice i did um i picked the uh speed triple rr R. R. right which is a 1200 triple yes um it was a bit like a monkey trying to hump a football. <laughs> I will say that. It wasn't the most comfortable ride. Where have I heard that before? <laughs> it wasn't the most comfortable ride. But John is, I would say, precariously perched atop the tank. Yeah, it was a, uh, yeah. But I will say, you know, we talk about this all the time. Um, bikes that give you the feelies. Oh. Ugh, that thing. I literally was giggling. I'd, I'd wrap the throttle and I'd be. <laughs> it was so fast and so much fun. The power delivery was. It was real. I was, I was so glad. I'm glad I picked that bike. I and wouldn't the, buy it. And the noise is biblical. It, it really is. Um, if I was a thinner man, I'd probably be jump. I'd probably buy one of those. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, you were that taken with it? Yeah. Well, it had that lovely, I don't know what you call the fairing, but that low fairing that kind of wraps under a little bit. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Whatever the fuck we that call is. that a half Belly. fairing, a oh. half yeah. fairing. Oh, it made the bike look just incredibly, like, I hate to say sexy. Well, you know, it's, 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 it's a very cleverly styled bike because you've got that round headlight mm-hmm. where the fairing just forms little points either side of it. Mm. It's very, very clever styling. Yeah. The only it's comparison really. I had is I had a Ninja Thousand uh, for a while. Yes. Um or think it's a lot quicker than an engine. Oh, it just it has so much more character and just it's it's a so, lot well more it's fun. that bloody noise. There is nothing on the road that sounds like a triple. Mm-hmm. Nothing. The best bike I own is my Trident. Uh, the best sounding bike I own is well, my, my Trident. My Tiger by sounds great. Far. Oh, yeah. By far. I mean, they're just incredible, that three cylinder noise. Yeah, I love it. How did you like the noise the rocket made? Because that's a three. But, you know, they, they kind of crank the noise up uh, uh, down a little bit on that. I honestly don't remember. All I could hear was John behind me going, hee Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was giggling like a little girl. Um, so, yeah. So, that that was that was fun experience to try right. bikes. Um, oh, I have to give you the update. <clears throat> so, yes. the, the long and short is my Benelli sidecar was a huge bomb. <laughs> Terrifying, I hear. Phil declared that it was the most dangerous bike he's ever ridden. Oh my God! Which Based on what criteria? And of course, we're all like, oh, "He's exaggerating." No. Based on all the bikes he's ever ridden, we, we all tried <laughs> and it. sidecars, and it was the most dangerous bike I have ever ridden. Why? Because it would tip over if you sat on it. 
They <laughs> mounted the sidecar with at an angle so that the bike was leaning away from the sidecar, just sitting still on level ground. And you would sit on the bike and it would start to tip over to the opposite <laughs> side. So the fact that you have a sidecar and that weight <clears throat> didn't matter. So it was sitting still. It was at the tipping point. Do you think that a bag of cement on the sidecar may have helped? So here's the thing. We discovered it takes about <laughs> to 80... A cer- to a certain point, yes. It takes about <laughs> 80 pounds of counterweight to make it rideable, but it had a 70-pound limit. Ah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. The most effective riding was when uh, was it Pete took it around the track with the sidecar wheel actually up off of the ground. Yeah, he's and, like, just lean it to the left. And, and then that, was, that was the most maneuverable and safe it, it was the entire time, I think. <laughs> um, who put the sidecar on it? The company that makes the sidecar. The bike was sent to them so that they could make a custom mount for my Benelli. They mounted it that way and sent it to me. Also, the wheel and shock assembly was mounted upside down. So there's a, think of like a, a, C, a C plate, I'm going to call it with a pivot point in the middle. The wheel on, on one side and the shock on the other. So you have a shock going parallel to the ground. Right. But it was mounted with the wheel on the lower half, which raised the sidecar even higher, higher. And it popped the the just from Pete trying to ride around, it popped the, the, the shock off and bent it like a banana. So um, Pete's dad is an engineer and said, well, it was mounted wrong. It was assembled wrong. So they took everything apart, reassembled it with the wheel on the top of the pivot plate and the shock on the bottom. So now it was actually had a shock absorber. It was working, but it was still unrideable. It was, it was, it so was what, bad. what is the future for this, this terrifying machine? Oh, I, rem- I just pulled it off and used the Benelli and had fun. Oh, okay. So you now own a solo Benelli 125? No, Where, or is I it am... The sidecars with Phil? Is that yeah. what it is? No, I, I now have to pursue a refund because it was a, and also the, I said that it has 70 pounds weight limit. Oh, also I had ordered the, a seat and grab bars, which implies you can put a person in it <laughs> and a they small person. forgot to install them. So they sent those to me separately, but they didn't put any of the mounting points in the basket for the seat and <laughs> grab and grab bars that they put in. So mm-hmm. it wasn't possible to mount it because you need to have holes drilled and mounting points. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, it was just a big, uh, oh, oh, I was saying, so Pete found the only way he could ride it was to have his right leg standing in the middle of the sidecar and ride it like tandem, you know, half of his like body in the sidecar, like a like, chariot. Like right standing in a chariot. And in the process of doing so, the wheel, which is not mounted to an axle, but is just mounted to a bung welded to a plate, started bending well, in <clears throat> actually it was a a shaft that was welded directly onto the tube of the frame wasn't it on the yeah side, so the, side frame? Tu- the tube frame is like twisting Just i think buckled yeah oh dear so the yeah, whole yeah. thing um was a yeah. L- little more r&d from the company but it, I feel. it well, was an endless source of fascination and oh, yeah. conversation for at least it a was. day and a half it everybody was. got oh, yeah. knee hey, deep in that thing and i did get to use it when we unloaded the trailer and i carried pop-up tents to their locations mm-hmm. so it did do something but anyway um and your, your benelli as you mentioned performed admirably it's a good you would say it's a good 
vintage days uh, well, steed? So the reason the reason I thought this sidecar would be a great idea because one of the big things that happens at vintage days is the barrel yeah. racing, which is a section of the campground where the people just put up two barrels in a field and it is nonstop. Just circling barrels. Yeah, run what you're wrong. Wrong what you're wrong. Weirder the better. And I thought a sidecar would be so fun. Throw someone in there and just keep going around. So not only did the sidecar not work, but the the barrel racing was shut down. Because of? <laughs> Too many <Big> ambulances. Exactly. <laughs> 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 Too many crushed Too many skulls. ambulances on the first day. Oh. Oh, dear. You yeah. see, um, I seem to remember, I mean, it's been a few years since I was at Vintage Days, but I seem to remember there was um, a selection of machinery oh. that was being used, including yeah. a brand new Janus. Yeah. Um, the Janus guys were there, and they stepped up. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But there was a guy on a snowmobile. Which oh, yeah, he was wheels. there. Yeah. He was there again. Yeah. The snowmobile, yeah. the ski-doo, and the boaterycycle were there. Yeah, the boaterycycle was a good one. <laughs> yeah. And then everything in between. Well, and the uh, the Amish carriage, too. Yeah, there oh, was yes. a horseless carriage. Somebody put a motor in a in Amish an Amish carriage. carriage. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, yep. my carriage. Uh, so normally that's where you'd go and rip around, but they shut it down. Oh damn! And you know what? I'm going to say there there was a lot of uh, controversy well, over this. Yeah, not not. To, I don't think necessarily get into that so much, but it was funny they shut it down. It's like when you squeeze one of those squishy toys <laughs> exactly. and it squirts out somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, the barrel <laughs> racing just morphed into. It kind of splintered into three different, more dangerous motorcycle activities. Yeah. In were, the, were there more ambulances? Oh, yes, there were. Well, they were at least one a day, but nothing too bad. I just wanted to say, this was not the AMA who shut it down. It was mid-Ohio. And I thought it was fair for them to show some responsibility right. to shut down something after so many hospital visits. So no complaints. But, no. yes, the creativity popped up in other places. Awesome. I noticed in the infield where there is a... Um, it's a hill that forms like a bowl with a, a high end at both ends. Um, and people had put barrels on both high ends and were using this bowl. So it was like two hill climbs. Oh, barrel fantastic. Racing. <laughs> barrel racing nice. in the hills. But you know, this, they took over the kids' motocross track. The, there's yeah. something about vintage days that make you evacuate your common sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you remember, Jim? <laughs> yes. What Emma was having for breakfast when yes. I was at Vintage Day? Yes. You had, you had already abandoned some of some things <laughs> earlier in the night. Was it gin and pickles? Well, that no, just you, gin. That's what you, we, we were looking for you in the Minus morning. The you were, we couldn't find you and you were sleeping under the bus. Yes. And we debated for a good 30 seconds whether we should be poking so, you with a stick So I, ju- I jump up under the bus and drink a bottle of gin for breakfast I, I and off we go. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's uh, Ohio in a nutshell. So, all the people who would normally be riding <laughs> yes. barrel racing, they took over the kids' little motocross track. Oh, God. Well, which was, was just I think it was, the, the, uh, it was the pit bike track. Poor children. Oh, the pit was, bike track, yeah. yeah. It's just on the other side of the fence. Yep. And to Mid-Ohio's credit, they didn't try and shut that down. They and just it, let it all yeah. go. And it created the dust cloud. And again, dirt bikes, mini bikes. You could see from like miles away this dust the cloud. The little kid with the dad. Oh, yeah, right. Cool. Like it's an interesting transfer of knowledge from generation to generation in so many ways out there. Yeah, so it, that was fun. And then the other place that it, it popped up was there were drag racing, kind of like driveway drag racing. Yeah, yeah, farmway or something. I don't know. And uh, yeah, Phil <laughs> described that that uh, it was and anyone just would, they were lining up and the drag master would just point to people and off they go drag racing. 
And uh, no, so they didn't try and shut any of that down. So everybody had their fun, and it was cool to see the creativity popped up. What was nice to see, because we go to some of these events, we're always, you know, we always talk about how many old dudes are sitting there, like, just staring at bikes and shit. And then the one moto kind of blows that up, right? That that stereotype. But this, man, we we went to the, we heard there was death metal. We're like, <laughs> oh, really? There's death yeah. metal. Okay. And sure enough, there was, it was bitching. They'd set up this little impromptu stage, and it was kind of on the side of a hill a little bit. Um, so death metal was ripping. They had a pyrotechnics going. Oh, a f- giant flamethrower shooting like flame 20 thrower. foot flames. Oh, in there. cool. And then they yeah. had the camping game. You see like chopper people are into this shit where you have your, your pillion rider tries to bite the hot dog without using it's their hands. Hanging yes. in the air. Except yeah. they had strung like a high tension <laughs> braided steel cable across them. <laughs> <laughs> with the, the way, and people were doing it. And then this one dude all kind of, and everybody's doing wheelies just everywhere. But it's it's like this hipster crowd, like a lot of black cut off <laughs> denim and little black tattoos everywhere. And, and was trendy clothes right behind the mosh pit so we were literally just pivoting back and forth between but everybody the mosh had a mullet <laughs> yeah. everybody had a mullet the mosh pit and then this hot dog game yeah this dude tries to do the hot dog just wheeling by himself you know reaches up i'm like that's cool and then he immediately like clotheslines himself across the steel cable trying to get the hot dog <laughs> it was open. yeah he, he popped up like <laughs> yeah a little blood coming down the side from his ear <laughs> oh, hop back on it and started started again yeah, so we're just having this surreal just moment with just all this craziness and in the mosh pit, just watching this going on and the wheelies going on behind us. You're like, is this even a safe place to stand? And people, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. And people are jumping off of RVs into the mosh pit, so you just see a body flying through the air every now and then. It was almost like like one of those Running of the Bulls events where you had to have your head on a swivel. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. had to have a little bounce in your yeah. you know athletic stance there, and you had to be ready to move because, well, the guy almost decapitated himself. The bike landed <laughs> like three feet from us, still running. So we were calling that the the Portland circle there. It, it yeah. looked like you were oh, Portland, It was right? very grungy. Right. Yeah, very grungy. Yeah, and then you'd go over to the, the burnout corner, the Louisville <laughs> corner, Depend. and you're now in Daytona, and <laughs> exactly. people are got Budweiser's and, and muscle shirts and... It's a completely different thing. A different thing, exactly. And uh, it's just fascinating to see the different communities. And Jim and I rode, like, the whole exterior fence line just to see how big this thing was. And, like, the overflow parking grass was full to to, to the side. I mean, to the fences, to the corners. But out there, it's quieter, and you have, like... The older people and their nice RVs and setting up all their lawn furniture yeah, and beautiful, having their barbecue and beautiful red barns, kind of just off the property with you know old hand hewn beams and things like that. It's be- absolutely stunning countryside. I'm going to call that Minnesota. Minnesota. Like, I call on, it. I call it the, the red. Lake. The red barn. Yeah, spot. yeah. And so, just fascinating going around seeing all these different. And you get around on a Chineseium scooter the entire time at like four <laughs> miles an hour. It's great. Oh, right. And speaking of um, Phil's hospitality, right off the bat, um, before I got the, the Benelli uncoupled, we hopped onto some of Phil's scooters. And uh, yeah. I guess the way it works is um, bikes that have been dropped off for repairs at a shop that the people don't pay for. He brings here Abandoned. and sells them just really cheap. Just He just wants yep. to get out of it, right? So there's plenty of vehicles for us to ride. Mm-hmm. So we hop on a bunch of scooters. I think some like 50 cc Vespa right. Two, right. Or two strokes. And I'm yeah. like, come on, Jim, you haven't seen the woods yet. I hadn't. Yeah, after we kind of got <laughs> camp set up, you know, and pitched in on trying to do our part to help set up and everything, and I got a little thing settled down. 
immediately first thing we do is rally these little 50 whatever cc scooters on the hair scramble course <laughs> so we're going over rocks and down through a little creek bed and back up this thing yeah so i'm like we were being gentle on, they were fil- we were not I, being abusive I dropped at all, down but. this hill cross a creek where you just have to commit and kind of jump down in there and gun it out and i look back and they are nowhere to be seen i have to go back and they're like but there's a lot of signs that say stay out i'm like yeah hey, don't, don't worry about it John summed it up. He's like, I don't want to get kicked out literally the first hour we're here on Thursday. It hasn't even started yet. We're going to get kicked out. But boy, those bikes, those little scoots are fun back there. They are. Like I say, you just be gentle with them, but they're very, very capable. So, Jim, are you about the scooter life now or what? I uh, oh, yeah. Come on, Jim. talk about this. All right. I did. I, uh, you know, I never really warmed up to scooters. Love motorbikes, but this whole scooter is a little squirrely, you know, and, you know, I, I don't know. I like motorcycles, right? And, um, and I tell you what, there's four after four days at AMA Vintage Days on pretty much a scooter the entire time, pit bites, but but scooters mostly. What wonderful pieces of machinery they can yep. be in the right situation. That's what did it for me. Oh, I had an epiphany. I, I got an iced coffee. I think it was Saturday morning, and um, we'd already been riding scooters through the woods and everywhere. And but I was tootling down the hill. It was beautiful blue skies. Had my iced coffee at like like five miles an hour. Just sipping it. And I'm like, scooters are great. And then I, <laughs> but then I rode through rocks. And then I rode through rocks and mud, right? Because they yeah. water the, mm-hmm. and it's slippery as snot. I don't want to mention any names, but damage was done in the, <sighs> in, the, in the mud. Right. But it tootled right through the rocks and mud and everything with my coffee in my hand. And it was a lovely place to be, as some would say. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, they Excellent. are the perfect vehicle there. For that, they are perfect. Under yeah. seat storage, easy yeah. to start. All so, the things. <clears throat> So Phil had a bike there we're calling the drunk goggle version of a scooter. <laughs> oh, I rode that thing, man. <laughs> the Super 8. Yikes. Yeah. So what kind of scooter was that, Bagel? Uh, it was, I forget who the manufacturer is, but it's called a Super 8. I, I think it might be a Kimco. I'm not sure. but Like but a 200cc, I think? I think so, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but apparently this had met the back end of a car or something and and got a little tacoed. The they got taco at like 200 oh. miles on the odometer. Yeah. And and then they, they used a couple of ratchet straps to, to straighten it out. <laughs> and, okay. Sounds so far so good. And it, and, and it, it looked come, okay. It'll come along. Like you it couldn't looks, tell. It looked okay. It looked okay. straight. It looked the part. But what? when you wrote it, well, it, it just wanted to go hard to the right. In, <laughs> oh, God. In, in fact, um, when we were all hopping on scooters at one point, and uh, the, Jim was the last one to show up, so he just hopped on a scooter. It looks comfy. And I, I had already like tried to lure Wendy onto it to try it. She's like, "Why are you trying to get me to ride that bike? What's up?" And then Jim got on it. Thinks well, we're just taking off. He starts riding, going, "What is happening? What is happening?" <laughs> it feels like the front wheel is going to come off. And as I'm trying to get a little more information so I don't kill myself, it's just Wendy and Liza pointing and laughing hilariously at me as my eyes are big as saucers. Because oh, no. everything life, looks life good, but it me. only wants to turn right. Yeah, it only wants to turn right. Oh, it just wobbles. The entire just front w- just wobbles. <laughs> oh no! We've been talking about that anyway. <laughs> it, it, yeah. was, so, it was so. So, Jim, a scooter in your future? Oh no, 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 oh. no, no, no scooters. But um, but they are great. I think, again, I, I I think they're great. Um, I just have enough two wheel vehicles as it is. Uh, but I, I think though that they're. Someone needs to find another bike that is that is similarly twisted like that, and and then you can have a real proper drunk race. Oh, where, that would be good. Where where you do you do drag races with these two bikes that want to go in their own direction. They're all wonky, and 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 the riders get a shot. If, 
free round. Just put the fucking sidecar back on Lysa's Benelli. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody made the comment that that uh, Super 8 was the perfect bike for that sidecar, wasn't it? Oh. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, that might have fixed it. It might have fixed it. So, you know, no, because it wanted to turn right to... in the sidecar. Well, right. right. Mounting. Oh, yeah. so well, right. No, it, it wanted to turn right into the sidecar. So it would hold the sidecar oh, down, maybe. right? So the, the other thing that I think we all kind of marvel at is there seems to be a lawlessness there, you know? Like kids riding around on bikes, uh, people just drinking. It seems to be like this is a recipe for disaster. But it really isn't. There's a, I, I say, a code amongst people, and it is somewhat self-governed, I think. Wouldn't it's, you say? It's, it's a hard thing to describe. Yeah. I, as much as you try to describe the lawlessness, but the, the cultural norms that really dictate people's behavior for the most part. Um, but it, it is, it's, I don't know, it's hard to well, describe. I, 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 we keep describing. Comparing it to Burning Man in so many ways, you have all these different communities. And I think, I've not been to Burning Man, but I would think that if you've taken a little too much peyote, somebody's going to look out for you, you know? And it's kind of like that at Vintage Days. Well, you know, the only time I've ever seen anyone get even remotely frustrated or angry was Saturday, was it Friday night, people coming down to the burn pit because it was starting to peak a little bit. And topic for another day, but side by sides were more oh, popular there. Blasted side by side. And a couple side. of yeah. si- larger side by sides um, came down our row and then got bottlenecked and jammed up and couldn't turn around. And there was some hostility, man. People were letting them have it. And uh, it's part of this, I don't know, maybe this hipster movement of like people that don't really do motorcycles but want to come to this big party. Yeah, but that one was the size of my Tacoma. That was fucking giant, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah. anyway, but, but, but people police that. I mean, people were like giving them shit about, hey, this is a motorcycle yeah. thing, blah, blah, blah. Got a little hostile. But nothing crazy, but they didn't come back the next night, I'll tell you that. So it does police so very well. And and I'll say the law enforcement there do an excellent job great. balancing the fun with the safety. They do a, a magnificent job. Yeah. You got all this chaos going on, but when the sheriff's department asks you to shut it down, people comply. And in fact, <clears throat> at the burnout corner, uh run by the captain. Yeah, shout out. Um Around midnight, they were shutting it down earlier because I think it used to go to like one, two, two a.m. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so they were shutting it down at midnight, and there'd be a sheriff standing by just to like eh, look at his watch, like it's almost time. And yeah. and then when it's time, uh, the captain would put on uh, "Careless Whisper" by George Michael, <laughs> and the crowd would leave. <laughs> That's great. It's so funny. I could hear it from our campsite. Very effective. Should have known better than a treat friend. And everyone's just walking away. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, Emma, we didn't tell, we didn't share with you the the, the burnout story. Mm. I'd like to hear the burnout story, please. Well, as you know, our our guy, our burnout guy, is is Moto G Pete. Yes, he was here not too long ago. Yeah, he is a burnout. You can say definitely he's, he's a burnout guy. He's he's game for anything. Right. Uh, I love that. So he's like game for anything. So he comes to me and he goes, "All right, what are we going to do?" Now, remember two years ago. He was naked and on fire and and won the burnout. And he's like, well, what are we going to do this year? I'm like, right. well, well, I, I learned from the whole naked thing. It it works. But I said, but why don't you wear a tube sock like uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers? Oh. And he had a PBR tube sock. So that was perfect. <laughs> so um, we also knew that the fireworks on the helmet, <laughs> that works. The, the, the helmet on fire works and... 
always rely on Johnny Mac to bring some crazy, highly California illegal fireworks that lasts for like 10 minutes, <laughs> right? Just shooting sparks in there. Um, but I brought one of our secret weapons from the garage. I brought the gimp mask. Yeah, that's like oh, a, that's the next level. Yeah. Hey, Emma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Emma. Well, yeah. Oh, there so, we go. Yes. Tra-la-la. And, and again, Pete, the, Noah's not in his vocabulary. So I'm like, so I got the gimp mask. He's like, okay. I'm like, well, uh, we also need to, let's play off the whole gimp thing. I'll get a, um, a, a collar and a leash and we'll lead you <laughs> into the pit. So Wendy Crockett led him into the pit by by our leash uh i also because you know the whole gimp thing you need to play off of that we need some pain involved so i put a, like a big piece of black <laughs> duct tape across his hairy chest that i was gonna rip off the worst part is mid burnout is we were practicing it the night before on wendy's husband like basically <laughs> brazilian waxing his back and trying to improve our brazilian wax game mm-hmm. you oh have my. to re- you have to rehearse these things you, oh, don't, just, you don't just go in there yeah um, but that, that still wasn't quite enough. And of course we had somebody pouring beers and somebody lighting cigarettes. That's a given. Mm-hmm. But then we decided that the flaming rear tire that Phil had done a few years back, we needed to bring that back too. Yeah. Firework on the head, right? So Wendy's husband, Mike, he had the bottle of gasoline and another lighter. So his job was to pour the gasoline on the tire. And I being the only non-drinker, I was safety captain. <laughs> Which I think is a smart decision. Well, I would I would be more like stunt coordinator. <laughs> stunt coordinator. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Much it. So everybody's got their positions. We go down there. Now these burnouts are going on, and the the smoke was so thick. So we're in line to get up there. At one point, I walked up the line towards the the burnout pit to see how many people are in line, and I was alone in a giant fog bank. Like, I could see nobody. I know that there's hundreds of people around me, but it was so surreal. It yeah, was so weird. thick, and then we're dying trying to breathe it. Um, <laughs> but we, we finally get up there, and um, uh, I had found a scooter for him to use. One of the Biddles, uh, our listeners, uh, uh, the Biddles were there, and they had a scooter, like a GY6 with no body work. That was mm-hmm. kind of like a Mad Max campground scooter i'm like oh no bernie bits this will be perfect can we use it he had to go to the swap meet and buy some parts to get it fixed he got it running yeah you can use it i'm like perfect but at the last minute pete made a decision um to switch to a a old dirt bike that johnny mac had just gotten running i I don't but i think it was a i don't remember if it was a two-stroke it was a little little ripper, little little dirt bike, right? So we take that down there. It has no gas tank, but it's got yeah. some like plastic I was bottle. Say, it's got a plastic bottle <laughs> zip tied to it, you know. And uh, so we got everybody in place, <clears throat> and it's go time. And Wendy leads them in, and the gimp mask and the whole thing. And I like the. It's fire borderline mask. disturbing. <clears throat> did you did you show her a picture? It's no, I I need oh, to see. you have to see. I need to see and, a picture uh, of this. And oh, the crowd is going crazy it's a frenzy yeah and (laughs) he knew not to do anything until i said we gotta pour the gas on the rear tire and i have to light it oh yeah you gotta take a look at this and uh so uh mike pours the gas we light the rear tire i tap him on the back and say go and he starts to light it up Woo! 
spin and it spins right off of the burnout wood and stalls. Oh, no. Oh, no. But you can look in that picture. You see Liza right in the background with her unicorn safety helmet on. I can see that. He uh, is naked, obviously, with the pink gimp mask on, evil Knievel helmet being led by a leash, and if you look closely, a sock. And if you look to the rear, yes, the wheel is on fire in the back. So, yeah, it was quite the display. So he stalls and he's trying to kickstart, but the gimp mask has zippers for eyes. <laughs> it's not comfortable. He's so probably he been see, in it for like five minutes already, sweating like a motherfucker. And he's only kickstarted this bike like twice. He just right. got on it. So he can't find the Kickstarter. And the crowd is just going crazy, right? So I'm literally having to like lift his boot up and put it on the kickstart. And he's kickstarting, it's not starting. The rear tire is still on fire, and it is now <laughs> lapping up against the fender and the seat oh, in no. his ass, right? I'm like, <clears throat> we need to get this thing going now. And uh, he's too busy. He's, they're pouring beers down him, and he's trying to kickstart, trying to kickstart. But I noticed, Emma, that the bike would lurch every time he tried and kickstart it. It wasn't in neutral. Uh, so I'm mm. shouting, neutral! Neutral! And he goes to <laughs> kick the lever into neutral and it just flops down to the bottom oh no (laughs) (laughs) but he's still trying to kickstart with all of his life and i so i'm like this is getting like bad this is bad so i rip the helmet and the gimp mask off so he can see but at this point the shifter is bent he can't reach it he can't put in neutral (laughs) i'm like we need to get out of here abort mission and we all just kind of lead him off lead him off by the collar in like the walk of shame, right? Oh, and at some point the sock came off. Should have taped that on. Uh, that's but, still a victory in my book, though, man. And we that were was like, ballsy as fuck. we were like, oh, like man, that was like our it shot. It could have been the best. And, and Pete's like, well, I think maybe we tried too much. And I'm like, well, I think maybe you changed bikes at the last minute. But here's the thing. Even though we never actually did a burnout, they're still talking about the guy in the gimp mask. You can't unsee that. I <laughs> the mean. gimp mask played. I'm telling you. So what you what you're doing is you're projecting for 2024 the return of the gimp mask. I don't know. No, what I'm saying is um, I'm giving Pete a huge shout out for oh, big time for going with saying yes to whatever and going with the giant theatrics that we put on because sometimes it's not about the burnout sometimes went, it's about just showing it's about up the show it's he just, went full it's burnout. Show. he went full he went 110 percent. it was epic. we didn't get a it burnout was, but we did flame great. out it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was fun and memorable and uh and as i keep seeing like you know pictures of the guy in the get mask and right. people like ah, it's like okay we added to the fun it, it, yeah, I, it's a success cool. it was a success yeah. heck yeah it was and wendy was grinning like an idiot the whole time <laughs> yeah, right in the mix she was like literally like inches from him um yeah just just smiling ear to ear it's a thing um oh the bourbon fairy was there oh yes the Bourbon Fairy made an appearance. Shout out to Johnny Mac. Yeah, that was rad. Wow. He puts on his daughter's wings in a tutu and has a garden sprayer full of bourbon and walks around spraying people in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Nice. It works very well. Yeah, somewhere around 35, 38 PSI, I think, coming out the nozzle. Yeah. <laughs> so, you could light that on fire. It'd be like fuel injection. 
And again, I'm just so proud of our camp, everything that people are contributing to the event and the fun, you know, that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. oh, what a great time. And Mark from Mimi and Moto, I think he, because like many people who are vendors, they go to their hotel or to their camp, uh, offsite campground, not offsite, but um, they're, they're in like the infield. They're not yeah, in the campgrounds. Quiet. Yeah. And he had no idea any of this was going on. And so, yeah, he, he was having a great time. Wendy and Mike and their daughter Montessa all had fun. They were great, great additions. Wendy, Mike, and Montessa were great additions. They were, I will hang out with them anytime. Yeah. My, my Mike, Mike may not how, get my bike, how, but. How old is this child? I think she's eight or nine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And this is the one place that everybody knew what Monte- what a Montessa was. Yeah, right. right. Everybody so got Everybody it. was loving meeting her and, and, and <laughs> learning her name. Um, there's so, I mean, there's so, so much going on there. Um, I wanted to give a big shout out and thanks to the AMA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, boy, I mean, they're the ones who put on this event. And as I say, I, I, I tell them, thank you for letting the lunatics run the asylum. (laughs) Yeah. You know, because they do for the most part, let all this stuff happen. And they, they, shout out to mid Ohio too, for letting it happen. mm -hmm. Yeah, but, oh, I mean, mid-Ohio, that location, the fact that there's so many different things and there's room for all this stuff going on. I mean, you can just you know, camp on this green grass and you could make a bonfire if you want on the green grass. Can we do that out here at Laguna Seca? <laughs> no. Well, we would also burn down, you know, 84,000 acres <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> of California, but yeah. Um. With just all the spaces that it has that are transformed into different things, right? It's an amazing space, and I wanted to say that um, even though we, there are no official numbers, um, I'm best guess from all the other people who are guessing about sixty thousand. I want to say, yeah, yeah. And the only way you know that it's still growing every year is by how much um, grass is left. In the extended, you know, the overflow camping area. And there wasn't much. I mean, it was, Jim, there wasn't much. No, I mean, we went way to the far reaches over by the Red Barn, we'll call it, which is, the mm-hmm. I, think, I think, the opposite of where we were camping mm-hmm. in the corner. And, yeah, there was people spread out all over. I mean, there was still room, but, man, you were out there if, if that's the case. And it was, But it was lovely out where it was spread out. So, yeah, plenty of room, but plenty of people. So the fact that this this venue can have that many people there, but... I, I didn't feel like I was waiting in line for anything for any length of time. There were still bathrooms and porta potties that you could go to wherever you wanted. Buckets of French well, fries. Buckets you know, of French fries. The yeah. truth is, I think we are still somewhat riding the wave after COVID. I mean, people want to go out. They want to have a good time. Right. But, um, you what, know, travel numbers are up in general. And if you put on an event like that, it's going to be incredibly well attended. It's incredibly well attended, but not overflowing so much that they've reached their capacity and it's no. problems problem. No, there was. Yeah, it's busy, but I, yeah, there's plenty of room. If you, right. know what you're in, if you know what you're getting into. Exactly. Um, and if you listen to our last, uh, the first podcast that we put out last week, with some of the interviews we did, what what fun, interesting people we met. So, Emma. Really interesting. I yeah. know you didn't listen to our last podcast. You should. We interviewed um, 
this guy in the swap meet who is 3D printing hard to find parts for bikes. Oh, fantastic. He can work with any material. Stainless steel, aluminum. Right. Aluminium. Titanium. Titanium. Different um, flexibility of rubbers, rubber. like yeah. anything. Right. And he'll put it into his... He, he, the problem is he needs to have one to create the scan, or I say the scan, to create get all the measurements. And then he can 3D print as many as you want. Something to keep in mind, I really do think this is the future of hard-to-find parts, of unobtainium. Right. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, I wonder if parts are going to become print-on-demand. You go into a bike shop, you say, you know, once this technology continues, and you can just go in and boom. Yeah. Yeah, that, that may be. I mean, yeah, maybe. Yeah, because as long as... The, here's the thing. Once somebody takes a part to him and he has it in the system, he doesn't need another one to scan. Right. He can build this log of parts and then start printing on demand if he yeah, needs something. Because he was talking about some sort of a drive sprocket and said, yeah, if you bring it in, I can get the pitch right, you know, because mm-hmm. I need to see the pitch. But if you bring me one, I can print up as many as you want. Anyway, fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It, was, it was really, really fascinating. Um, oh, the racing. So all there's so much racing. Remember last year, uh, Moyne did the motocross. That was fun. And uh, they added sidecars on the track. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Emma, um, we did the lap for history, and I won the race. <laughs> you love the story. What? Explain yourself. So my race is you start at the back of the pack. There was like, Jim, would you say like 200 people there maybe? I think so, yeah. It's like 150-ish, but yeah, it could be 200. A lot. And and Huge variety of bikes. Huge variety of bikes. There was a, um, uh, do you know what a, a, a Raz is? No. Is it Raz or is it Jazz? Oh, Honda Jazz? No, there's Yamaha Jazz as a scooter. There was a, I thought there was a Raz, which is like a moped or a 50cc yeah, Yamaha thing. Raz. Yeah, Yamaha yeah, Raz. Okay. A little 50cc. I mean, yeah. every, anything. Maybe the 80s. Too. Anything and everything, yeah. So my, my rule is um, start at the back of the pack and work my way up. I was on my Benelli 135. Not racing, just starting at the back and working your way up. <laughs> and uh be the first one over the finish line behind the the front marshal simple right yes because they say when when you go to do it's called they call it a parade lab i call it a race but whatever um <laughs> and uh they said don't pass the marshal that's that's the rule right don't pass the marshals so they're there to set a pace but we're doing three laps and that pace was picking up well, it always does, kind of. I it mean, does. everybody's right behind the... A lot of slingshotting going on. Exactly. Emma, would you, would you be surprised to hear I got that little Benelli up to 69 miles per hour in the back straight? What? Yes. Nice. <laughs> that scared. is incredible, because, you know, how many, how many speeds does it have? Five or four? I don't remember. Maybe four or five. Yeah. Because, you know, and, a Grom. And knobby tires. Yeah. A Grom, it's pretty much over at like 55. Yeah. But 69. 69. Indicated. Well, that back straight is kind of downhill. Indicated. And, uh, and I had told, full disclosure, I told the marshal ahead of time. I'm like, who's going to be the front marshal? And this guy's like, me. I'm like, hey, heads up. If you have somebody riding your ass, don't worry. It's me. I'm just trying to win the race, <laughs> but I won't pass you. And he went, okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. 
So I, I got up there and there were two people in front of me who like they surged when we got to the checkered line and one of them got in front of the marshal and the other one got alongside. I was the only one behind him fully to cross <laughs> the finish line first. So I won. And I do say, considering it was a race consisting of one person, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> a race of one. Well Linear done, victory. Liza. You were in first and last place. But there was another rider in front of you, however. Even though he may have violated the rules of your race. Didn't there were two in front of me. The, but when it, wasn't there a guy that just like rallied on up there and broke the rules? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was right next to the Oh, dude. yeah. There's always that, that guy, guy. Yeah. who passes the marshal and then goes up. So in front of the marshal is the, the grand marshal, who was Steve Wise, uh, the AMA Hall of Fame racer. Yeah. And so he was there uh, on a different bike. He, they do it every day. Um, so he's there, and there's a camera car in front of him taking photos because they want to get a shot of the Grand Marshal with this giant crowd of bikes behind him. So there's always there's always the idiot who doesn't realize they've passed the the, the track marshal and is now caught up to the guy on a race bike, and the cameramen are going like, "Get out of here! Get out of here!" <laughs> Again, that's why the small bikes are fun. I was on a, on a well, I think it was the two hundred. It was the uh, the Baja. What the fuck was that thing called? You right. Mm, I forget what the name of it was. It was the Baja or the Cabo. It was the, oh, Cabo, the Cabo 200. Yeah. But the small, that's again where the small bikes are a lot of fun. Cause if you're on a, 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 you know, a bike with any power at all, you, you know, you're not really having fun cause you can't go fast, but you know, you find those pockets where there's not people and you, you kind of pin it. And when you're doing 45, you know, on the scooter going through those turns, right. it's a lot of fun. Oh yeah. yeah. A lot of fun. So again, scooters are a good time on that. But I have to say, um, Jim and I went and watched a type of competition that I've never actually yeah. watched, and I really enjoyed it. And that was the trials riding. John, oh, if, trials is have great. You been to trials before? I have. Yeah, I figured you have. I never yeah. really have. I've seen like videos and stuff, mm-hmm. and usually out here it's more like rocky areas, more dry and rocky. I've seen a lot of it down in Johnson Valley. That's a popular trials place, but it's really like it's sand and boulders. That's mm-hmm. it. There are no trees or creeks right. or nothing. So this trials was right in the woods in the middle of like the campgrounds. We literally walk in five feet into the woods and we're watching trials riding. And there were, you know, fallen trees and creeks and, and mud pits and stuff. And um, and John, I don't know if this is um, the usual. It's really interesting because we're trying to figure out how this is working. Mm-hmm. You have the judges, mm-hmm. and then they had an A, B, and C route. So people could choose mm-hmm. which route they wanted to take, and I assume there's different points for each yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, they'd be out walking the route firsthand. You mm-hmm. can see them planning and envis- envisioning them going. Well, it's all super slow, tight turns, you know, around a tree, down a gully, and then up over a log, like stuff like that. Right, and then some of them though, like the the I guess the C I think was the hardest, and it's like big, big logs or sometimes double logs, and some of these people were on more modern trials, and some of them were on uh, really old vintage bikes. Oh yeah, and it was amazing to see them lurch these up in the air and then get landed on top of the log, no wheels on the ground, and teeter, and then have to like. Push yeah. the front end down, the skid, skid on the log, it yeah. down. Sometimes it didn't work, and they'd go over the handlebars. But what, that, what I thought was fun is how capable. But they, they they were basically like lightweight dirt bikes. They still had seats yeah. on them, you know, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the newer ones don't really have much of a. Seat. But it was fun because every now and then, like somebody would come through on a modern trials bike, like, with yeah. no yeah something super light, you know, really torquey and stuff. 
But again, it got down to the rider because there were some people on these old Yamaha. I don't. I can't. I don't know what the models would be. Yamaha trials bikes um, that were way smoother than anybody on the you know the modern stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was cool just to see what, how capable the old bikes are in the right hands, especially since there are two strokes. Yeah. yeah. The thing I really enjoyed was seeing the span of ages of the riders. It was men and women. Yeah. Adults and children. Right. All competing. Yeah. Well, trials has always kind of been like that because it's entirely based on skill mm-hmm. and not necessarily strength. So men and women and children all have an equal shot. If you can acquire the skills to basically ride your bike vertically up a log, <laughs> uh, yeah. you, you're in. After watching it, though, I've told these guys this is – I think if you're gonna someone's gonna learn how to go dirt biking and stuff. What a great way if you were to take a half a day trials class before you actually started learning. The well, you want to talk about clutch control, throttle control, balance, moving your body around, clutch moving control. your body around, braking control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all there, isn't it? But it was fun. It was like, but it was nice. We're in the woods. It's nice and cool. If you ever get the opportunity, watch vintage British trials. Okay. Where they're doing all this stuff on really old English bikes. It's wild. <laughs> it's like the early skateboarding videos. You yes. Know? So, uh, yeah, that one, that was really cool. And the, the other kind of um, interesting chaos was the, the well, there, there were ramps. Let's just put it this way. There were mm-hmm. ramps. Mm-hmm. So, Emma, you may recall, Phil's famous for putting out a ramp. It's called not a ramp. He spray paints, not a ramp. That is his fair warning to anybody who uh, thinks that they're going to, you know, do a gnarly jump in the middle of the campgrounds. But there is always, <laughs> there is always the ones that, that go for it. But in there was a couple other rows over. There were ramps that said... There was one that said, send it. Yeah. <laughs> no encouragement is ever needed there. It's like, yeah, don't encourage people. Yeah. And so, um, and I guess somebody did send it because that was another ambulance. <laughs> uh, I, an older guy sent it and crashed and clocked himself in the head, I yeah. guess. He got taken away. Um, Motorcycles are dangerous. They are. But you know what? And I didn't meet him, but there's a guy who was... Almost as famous as the Unicorn Girls, who weren't there this year either. Mm. But last year, there was a guy who famously got lifelated out on the first day. Oh, yeah. And you'd think, like, he was doing something pretty pretty bad, you know, take, taking a huge risk. No, he was a passenger in a golf cart. And the golf cart went a little too fast at the end of the road and <clears throat> tried to turn and it flipped. Oh, Ooh. no. And then someone else, he got ejected and someone else ran over his head. Ah! Pulled the old uh, Colonel Colonel Custer there. Got scalped, didn't he? Yeah, so he got life flighted out and everyone's like, oh, my God, somebody's head got ran over. Well, um, I didn't get to meet him, but I saw him posting on Vintage Days about a week before. Been working on my my bike for the barrel races. Can't wait to be back this year. Oh no! And that that is that that is exactly what Vintage Days is like. Let's go, you know. Let's go. Yeah, or you probably run away in terror, vowing never to return again. One or the other. <laughs> Well, and it goes back to we were talking about how it's seemingly like we don't know how people aren't getting more injured, but there are injuries 
but it's not like, you know, every year we do the death count at Sturgis, which is coming up yeah. soon. And I'm, my guess is nine, if anyone wants to put in their guesses. Is that the over-under? That's horrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's a lot. That's a lot of people. Uh, at Sturgis? Uh, yeah, but... You're saying anywhere. Um, for vintage days, it's, it is amazing. Yes, there are injuries, but they seem to come back. They, they come back. There were people there with like broken legs and stuff. They, those are motorcycle people. For the most part, everyone there are motorcycle I think people. I know the difference because Sturgis is ultimately, it's a road rally. You're on public roads. Yeah. You're in a public town. There's a lot of drinking as there is in vintage days. Yeah. But the difference with vintage days is pretty much everybody's within the the campgrounds and the, the everyone's riding scooters and mini bikes right <laughs> you know so drinking riding large capacity bikes on the street yeah. with other people who've been drinking mm, that's yes. the recipe for death i feel right and we we may mention earlier like there's also like there there was a bunch of controversies and people were talking about stuff and one of them was there was um there was talk even though we never got it confirmed uh, about the kids kids who got hurt did right. anyone ever get a confirmation no. there was story that a that a boy like a 14 year old boy crashed and broke his leg and then hit a, a girl in the process and they both had to uh, I guess she didn't get taken away but he got taken away to the hospital but they couldn't find his parents. And yeah, that so was that, confirmed. That story. So that got but the yeah, sheriff. That that's got the sheriffs involved, and I think that kind of led to why they shut down barrel yeah, racing. Um, even though I don't, I don't think it happened there. But it's still. I mean, it's still. It's not. It's not that crazy. It's not that dangerous. But we were watching on when they they took over the 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 other little little track. Uh, from the barrel racing, the the hair scramble track, you called it? No, no the, 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 the pit bike racing, pit bike yeah. racing track. Yeah. So it was just a, a big curvy track that just went a bend, in, in a, a big, field, in a circle, but just went kind of back and forth and back and forth. And but dudes were ripping on it. Oh, people are ripping on all sorts of bikes, right? And then you see this little kid on a little bike come around. And you're like, oh, this isn't good, right? But he was followed by a very large man on a bike, and the kid had gear on, and he had a flag on his bike. And behind him, riding very closely, was a very large man we think must have been his father. Yes. And I'm like, that's how you do it. That's he, how you He was it. running guard for him, yeah. you know? Well, and as fast as people were ripping through the turns, and, and people were, I mean, unless they were on a moped or something silly, but um, everybody kind of cooled it down when they got to the dad and the kid, and they kind of eased on past, and then, you know, cracked on the throttle again. But yeah, like I said, no one wanted a problem with dad out there. Um, one of the other controversies that we were all reading in the like the forums and the Facebook pages after, there were some people in the swap main who complained that nobody bought their stuff. They're like, "There's all the people are just coming for the parties." And the way we talk, I mean, yeah, the, we're going for the parties. Yeah, exactly. we're having fun, right? Uh, Jim, did you buy anything in the swap meet? I I bought one thing. I bought one thing. I bought oh, one that's thing. Cool, a little evil. I bought a evil. bunch of things. Yeah, yeah. Bagel, yeah, bagel, bagel scored. Yeah, yeah bagel scored. And what was interesting is then seeing people saying things like, well, I did really well in the swap meet. I sold all my stuff. Phil sold most of those bikes he brought. Phil sold stuff. But it came down to, they said there were people that, I guess, due to like bring a trailer, people think their bikes are worth a lot more than they are. And they come and price it really high. And those are the ones that weren't getting anyone buying anything. But like, Bagel, you got 
a, a whole bunch of parts for pretty cheap, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I I, I was looking for uh, parts for my CT70s, and I found a good number of those, and probably spent you know over a hundred bucks on CT parts there. But uh, I also found uh, a guy who had you know, all these different motorcycle parts scattered all over his place, and and there was but there was a section that had a bunch of old Vespa parts, including some you know, like mid to, mid to late fifties Vespa parts that are fairly uncommon. Um, I figured you know that's not something I want to spend my money on because it's probably going to be too much. And I, but I saw a metal cylinder shroud for a later Vespa, and I thought yeah, that's metal cylinder shrouds are hard to find. Let me see how, see how much he wants for it. I held it up, said, how much you want for this? And he says, well, if you take all the best parts out there, I'll sell them to you for a hundred bucks, just so I don't need to take them back to Houston. <laughs> That's and, awesome. and I just said, hmm, Done. Yeah. deal. <laughs> and I used uh, Pete's uh, Honda Aero. The gyro. Uh, or gyro uh, with the, the big box on the back mm-hmm. to haul all of the parts back to the campsite. And it worked like a charm. Sounds like you got some pretty good parts expensive parts right yeah nice. yeah it was uh, like i got uh best like vespa cowls uh glove box store uh center stand two front forks um just all kinds of like little body parts uh like the the uh, speedo cover for the uh, the handlebar headset uh which is which is a really hard to find item and and these had all been look like they've been sandblasted and primered um, and for the most part, in pretty good shape. One of the cows had some rust holes in it, but you know, nothing that couldn't be patched up. And a lot of those parts, just one of those parts by itself, probably was worth more than hundred bucks. So yeah. I, I made a made a huge deal there. Yeah, the swap meet is fun, and I think I think we agree. I'm like, good thing we flew here. Yeah, right. Then I can't <laughs> buy this. Right, so tempting. But. It is really cool. And so I think, you know, for the people who said they didn't sell anything, I'm going to go with simple uh, statistics. If they're, if the, the attendance account is up, then potential sales are up. So if you're not selling anything, it's because your prices are up. Well, we yeah, talked a right? little bit too about the the people coming from far far away lands and purchasing just Wait. bucket loads. Oh, of yeah. Stuff. Did you hear about that? That was, that was another thing. There were people accusing... People coming from across the pond and yeah. buying up containers of bikes that they can't get over there and saying that they're driving all the prices up and buying all the good stuff early on. They're calling them predatory buyers. There you go. Predatory <laughs> buyers. And I'm like, um, isn't that a good thing that there's somebody coming and buying up all sorts of stuff? Right. Isn't that the point of a swap meet? Exactly. <laughs> Generally, and you would have thought. Who cares if they're taking it to another country? We... I mean, right. where do you think that Honda if, Gyro came from? Exactly. Yeah. If if you don't like it going to another country, then spend more on it and buy it yourself. Yeah. That's how it works. <clears throat> so that 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 was very interesting. But overall, um, Jim, are you are you are you going back? Yeah. Well, I was telling you earlier today. I'm tempted to ride out there next year. I mean, it's just you know, it's it, it's so many. Hey, Bagel, <laughs> how many days would you say riding at a at a I mean, your 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 long days are different than my long days. But how many days to ride out there? Uh, well, it, it all depends on how you want to do it. But I would say you could do it manageably in four to five days. Yeah. If yeah. You, so it's a, I think if you, you need you know, to talk really to Henry. Henry has ridden out. Oh, that's there. right. Yeah, but it's Hello. a solid ten days back and you forth. You rode out so. there too. Yeah. Four days. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I said if you do like 500 and six to 650 yeah. mile days, you can. But I would like to go back. If I, if I don't ride, which I may not. But yeah, I would go back anytime. Well, I mean, you've, go got, to, you've got the bike to do it on. I mean, that GS would be like, oh yeah. my God, this well, perfect road bike. Well, yeah, perfect which to, one? Get, to get a uh, no, ticket. No, no, no. The that, GSX? Not for, not for 650 miles a day. Oh, fuck. That the thing Africa is, Twin. That thing is Africa so Twin. comfortable. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see when the time yeah, comes. Maybe. Jim's falling out of love with the Africa Twin. No, but oh, that's I love a, it. I just it's a good touring bike. Pick it up in the dirt much more. John? What was your your summary? Of oh, this? Uh, I had a blast uh, as as always. I you know one of my favorite things to do there was this people watch, and I, a couple times I just sat for an hour just watching people, and you never yeah. get, you never people never are get people. Bored. Yes, they are. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I'm down. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go next week and just camp there. And bagel. What's your summary? Um, yeah, my summary is that it was a huge success. Um, and for both the event itself and for me personally, uh, like I said, I scored a huge uh, stash of Vespa parts, Vespa parts for super cheap, uh, found some old license plates, found all, a bunch of CT parts. Um, Excuse um, me. You stole a license plate off of my I Benelli. I did not steal. I asked Phil about it and he said, it's oh, you can go take that. It's my bike. Yeah, but I was exactly. Asking about yeah. the plate and why it was on there because mm-hmm. it expired in 2021. Just, just saying. Just saying. <laughs> um, and there were fireflies. Yeah, that was yes. cool. There and a double rainbow and, and lightning. Rainbow. So, Emma, I will tell you, and I, I've said this, it is the happiest place on earth for me. It truly that, is. More than Vegas. It, yep. And it did not fail. Well, my promise is if my Alpine adventure, because it looks like the Alpine adventure is going to be an annual thing from this point forward, um, doesn't conflict with vintage days i shall come again when are we hearing about emma's alpine adventure well what we're gonna do because i know people are very keen to hear about this quite we are gonna do um a standalone show about it next week and we're gonna have um the great (laughs) cat leod on the show and i'm gonna try and get a couple of people who were on the alpine adventure as guests um, and so we'll do a standalone show and we're, we're going to talk about it. So that hopefully is going to be next week. Excellent. Cool. Well, we have a lot of emails to catch up on. Y'all. John, why don't you start off with that one? Cause it's, it sure. ties in. It says vintage days. Hello. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Exclamation points. <clears throat> Hello, Liza, John, Jim bagel, and the rest of you misfits. This is Tim from Baltimore. Take all you give me. I'm getting back to normalcy after an amazing weekend at Mid-Ohio and wanted to say thanks for your hospitality and all-around shenanigans. My brother Jason and I had such an awesome time, whether at the swap meet, the wall of death, racing trials, the burnouts, or just riding around checking out all manner of people in bikes. Of course, sitting around the campfire and shooting the shit with the Misfits, NOCO, and Cleveland crews was a great time as well. Meeting Mark from Mimi and Moto was awesome since I was a... I was a backer for the Alphabet hey. book, hey, and I loved meeting Wendy and Mike. Yeah, All of yeah. them are inspirational moto parents. By the way, tell Wendy and Mike, mm-hmm. thanks for sharing the Canadian whiskey that can only be found in Mexico. That was delicious. <laughs> that that was, was really good. Yeah, that was good. Um, it was like secretly labeled Canadian, Mexican, yeah. Canadian nectar of the gods. It was really good. Oh, yeah. we got a, we, were, we we both kind of stopped drinking at that point, yes. and then that came out. Yeah. Mm. Then, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> After hearing about it for years, this is my first time at Vintage Days, and I loved every minute of it. You really do have to be there to truly comprehend the spectacle of it all. 
Now I can't wait till next year. As always, thanks for doing what you're doing and putting out a great podcast from Tim Clifton, who is a proud Patreon sponsor. Nicely done, Tim. I yeah. spent some time with Tim. I had a great time with him. Okay. And, and I'm just putting this and out. And Jason, his bud. Yeah, we cool were dude. talking about next year, we want more of our listeners to come down and pitch their, their their camps across from us so we can just take over the whole block and make a cul-de-sac. And Liza can feed you good, bad ideas all day long. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And and to the gentleman whose balls I fondled, I'm sorry, I forgot You followed name. many balls this did time. You, did you... Did you cup a gentleman's testicles? You cupped and she I looked did. like she was weighing them, like she was going to purchase them. He was just there. I turned. I was telling a story and I turned and used them to demonstrate and I didn't, I don't <laughs> remember his name. So I'm sorry. Was <laughs> it, I think it was, was it Jesse? He didn't mind. You guys did he not, didn't, he, you did not break he, eye contact for like nope, 10 seconds. He stood strong. So good, good on do, you, mate. Do you feel, Liza, that this might be a new direction for you? Putting in, fear in men? Yes. <laughs> no, that's an old direction. Okay. <laughs> I know, yeah. I'm afraid. <laughs> I just have different tactics. Okay. Uh, Emma, you, you have a nice one about your Dolomite store there. Oh, you want me to read that one? Yeah, I, I would love to, actually. Um, Unless you want to save it for next week. No, let's, let's, let's do it as a teaser. Ooh. As a teaser for next week. So um, this is about our uh, Alpine adventure in the Dolomites, and it's from Lynn and Ed. Hey, Lynn. <coughs> oh, she was a guest on our show. Oh, hey, hey. She won the contest and was a Zoom guest on our show. Fantastic. Um, I wanted to drop an email to say how great the Dolomites training tour was. Kat, Nancy, and Emma are incredible instructors and guides. Getting the inside scoop on great food and rides made our experience unforgettable. I especially appreciated the coaching Emma gave me on riding those crazy mountain passes in the rain. Luckily, that happened just once for me. We really had great weather, and we did, it would, but it, it got it pissed down one day. Um, while we were on the road, Time seems to stand still. There was so much new, new bikes, new people, new roads, new language, new street signs, new food. It was pretty neat that does to your perspective. It kind of resets it. We were broken up into small groups and we chose what we wanted to do that day. It was fun seeing everybody at dinner to talk about what we did and saw. The group was awesome. We had two things in common, motorcycles and misfits. Hey. How about that? Um, I had a good amount of anxiety before the trip, but I guess that's what's getting out of your comfort zone is. Kat, Nancy and Emma set you up for success. I'm glad to be able to say I rode a motorcycle from Munich to the Dolomites. Thanks for that. The tour gave us the confidence to do this on our own. That's but awesome. going on another tour with Leod Escapes would be a lot of fun too. And they've attached some lovely photographs. There's a lovely one of me and Lynn. Um, hey, that's cool. It, that, and it, that's exactly the purpose of this trip. That is the purpose. If if me and Kat and Nancy do our jobs right, you can do this on your own next year. Um, and we we really try and be as inclusive as possible and make sure. I mean, firstly, we've got to keep people safe. And this is demanding riding. This is not something a beginner could even mm. contemplate doing. These are tough roads. These are powerful bikes. Um, you know, even the 750s, you're talking like 60, 70 horsepower bikes, which is not a beginner's bike. Um, but 
we try and make it as inclusive as possible and we find things that are within your comfort level and within your skill set and really make you work on them um i i absolutely love working with cat great me me and cat work incredibly well together um oh and we've got plans we're going to change the world <gasps> mm. oh interesting Oh, Bagel, you have an email there to read? I have a couple. Yeah, let's start with one. Uh, let's see. I have one uh, regarding vintage motorcycle days. Hey. From Patty. Patty. Hey, Patty. Is this Patty from New Jersey? Yeah, it's Patty from New Love Jersey. Patty. Here. Yeah, that's my boy. <laughs> I just wanted to say thanks for being such a great group to hang with. I have relaxed a bit from a wild weekend and had some thoughts. Liza. Sorry I broke your sidecar. <laughs> I hope some birthday candy at least makes up for it for a little bit. You did everyone you decide, a favor. If you decide to rebuild it, I would I would like to help. Aww. John, damn good to see you. <laughs> I, I'm still amazed that you keep it up, keep, keep up, that you keep on the way you do with all that life is throwing at you. Rest up and heal well, brother. Thank you. Jim, it was great to talk with you. Always love your perspective on the show. And was happy to find you were find you are a super genuine human being in person as well. Oh, igualmente. Did yeah. you share your weed? With I him? thought that he was. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, no, what a great dude he is. Bagel, you were either working on the bike or dozing off since I really only <laughs> I remember that really night. showed up really late because I had to fix my pit bike too. Travel safe. My love to you all and hope to see you all soon. I have now uh, fixed a bike on premises with swap meet parts. Next, I have to buy a bike and bring it home for my next merit badge. Yeah. Live to ride, ride to eat, Patty. Heck yeah. Hey, Patty. Emma, I would like to paint a picture for you. So kind of a what he referenced to. <laughs> Poor bagel. Poor bagel. Bagel. I, so I was wearing that unicorn kid's bicycle helmet yes. yeah. and bagels like well, where'd you get that from i'm like i have another if you want it and he's like <laughs> okay and he put it on and it was like a yarmulke on his head right it's just a teeny tiny helmet but he committed he he wore that thing i wore it and he was drinking and having a good time and then he's in one of the camping chairs and and under our our tents and i just look over and he's now passed out <laughs> He slumped over, Casual still thing. with a unicorn helmet on. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is sad. Bagel was rocking that shit. He do you, did. Do you feel that that helmet cramped your brain and made you made you pass out? No, or was it no, the booze? No, I was, it was I, the I was, booze talking. It, but, it was just it was a very long and very exciting day. And, okay. you know, but I, I, I just put ran him to, out of fuel. I put him to bed. I did. And I'm like, oh, look at Bagel <laughs> oh, in so unicorn so helmet. It's so cute. <laughs> All right, Jim, you have one there for us? I do. So this is from our, our friends and listeners. It's uh, from Keith, Rebecca, oh. and their fun, their son, Zeke, from Florida. Yeah, remember we met them? Zeke. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, Keith and family, uh, thanks for the note. Hello, Misfits. We were glad to meet you at the Moto America weekend, and sorry we missed you at Arma. 
We did take your advice and rode Old Coast Road off California awesome. Highway 1, the Pacific Coast Highway. And contrary to Dirty Harry, I expanded my limitations as I rode my wife as a passenger mm-hmm. on his trusty 95 GS with street tires. So that's not an easy thing to do. No. no. And this no. Is, it's yeah. not a difficult road, but with a passenger, it's certainly not easy. And their so son I'll, on his DRZ400. Yeah, his DRZ400. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, cool people. So it was a great trip. And we were glad. This pages are hard to separate. <clears throat> uh, wait, what the fuck? Uh, yeah. Oh, we were glad to share it as a family. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this is our second time riding motorcycles in California, and our experience has been the same both times. California drivers are the most polite drivers! Oh. Exclamation point. I agree. Many times we were on uh, canyon roads. Slower cars got out of the way. They even yeah. got out of the way of uh, faster car drivers. We were amazed. While lane splitting, cards would move over and give us room to get through. We would never see this on the East Coast, which leads to my next question. Uh, with the East Coast state of mind, you can't lane split past me because it's not fair to me and you have an advantage I don't have. General East Coast ass mm-hmm. Uh Can lane splitting, filtering ever be successful in the Midwest and East Coast? It does seem like there is a different state of mind out West. That's why we live here. Exactly. Uh, I would love to hear your thoughts about this. Keep up the good work. Keith, Rebecca, and Zeke from Florida. Yeah, they were super cool. Can I take this one? Uh, yes. I, I do have an answer for this. And I think once the public is, explains wh- how it benefits them, they see it. They don't care that we are more dangerous in a more dangerous position. They don't care about that. They don't care that we are in you know, leather gear on a hot day, stuck in traffic. That doesn't suit them what suits them is to know that all of those vehicles being taken out of the traffic filtering up will make the traffic less congested right and that helps everybody else right i think that is the thing that you stress and i've got to say that today um i brought rufus out because oh i missed him so much and i rode him today and i lane split almost all the way from Monterey mm. to here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the traffic was just mm. brutal. Yeah, I, and I can't imagine not lane splitting. That's where I'm at. And everybody behaves so well. I didn't have one scary moment. I didn't have one person to move up and block me. I came up a couple of people who were encroaching on me a little bit, but as soon as they realized yeah, they moved over... It's normally not on purpose. Yeah. It's, it, it's a really good experience. Would it work on the East Coast? You know, it'll. it's going to take work. Um, I like to think, I mean, we've had a few growing pains here in California. Um, I like to think that if they make the leap of faith and actually make it law and make it illegal to block people, as they do here, I mean... You know, folks will get on board with it, I feel. They do. And, and you know, on our overhead signs, there are a lot of times they'll run things like make room for motorcycles, stuff like that. It's a, a campaign to educate the public. Right. So it, it is possible. But, you know, there. I like to think that um, motorcycling has been really part of California lifestyle since the beginning of people using roads. And well, like in, and at least where we are, I think California culture is just much more accepting. You know, we're, I, we're I pretty, think, accept, yeah. pretty accepting bunch overall out here. And I, I can't speak for the Midwest or Florida so much, but I don't know. That's why well, I think we live yeah, here. But, just, oh, go ahead, but I, but I also would want to say that it, it does take time because I remember, you know, a good 15, 20 years ago, uh, you know, when lane splitting was 
less official and maybe less uh, well known <clears throat> that there were a lot of people who were very hostile to it. And right. I remember there was a, no, there was I remember a it was illegal, right? Yeah, it was there illegal was a morning then. DJ yeah. who, who lost his job because he, he talked about threatening bodily harm to motorcyclists for lane splitting. Um, you know, so there was a lot of public sentiment sentiment in California that was, that was really anti lane splitting, but over time, you know, the arguments, you know, for it came out and people were convinced and understood that, yeah, it's not mm-hmm. putting you at disadvantages, not threatening you. Just let them go and you'll get there quicker yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Educate the, the public. But I'm really glad that they took our advice and did the Old Coast Highway and yeah, enjoyed it. They sent a great picture. It's iconic Bixby, Bixby mm-hmm. Bridge, which is about 13 miles south of, you know, uh, Carmel Valley and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, so beautiful dirt road with Bixby Bridge spanning the, the water and the Pacific in the background. Yeah, good good trip. So, Emma, as you know, I, Hello. My, I myself will be taking a trip with Kat in a few weeks. Yeah, you're doing a little scouting trip to the uh, Isle of Man. Well, we're going all over the UK. and uh, All over England. And Wales. Okay. There's Scotland and Ireland, too. Yes. I know. Um, you should call in and see my brother and he'll make you a cup of tea and give you a piece of crumbly cake. I would like <laughs> to meet your brother. I have nothing to do with tea and crumbly cake. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I've had people are emailing us in and giving me some tips on where to go. So this Oh, is let's hear one. these. Uh, <laughs> this one is from Nick. He says, hey, from the UK, really enjoy the podcast. Although clearly Emma is AI because no human could possibly have that much technical knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, they're figuring it out. Um, Liza, you mentioned a forthcoming trip to the UK. Yes. If you are not aware of one of the best stops for bikers... It is the Sammy Miller Museum in the New Forest. No, that, I agree with that. Sammy Miller's, um, I don't even know if he's still alive, but his museum certainly so is. So he says uh, he's, he visited last month and recommends it. He goes, you've probably never heard of Miller, but briefly, he was a works grand free writer in the 50s, went on to win 11 British trials and two European trials championships. Now in his 90th year, he still rides and restores bikes every oh, day. Oh, great. there you go. So he's still around. Um, you talk about trials. <clears throat> I mean, Sammy Miller made a name for himself riding aerials, which is um, really the pretty much the best quality bike to come out of Birmingham. And he says that he has a YouTube channel um, uh, as Paradise by Sammy. Yes. No, I thoroughly agree with yeah. that. Well done, Nick. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to check that out. Yeah. Add that to my list. All right. And the New Forest is great. They're very famous for their ponies. New Forest mm. ponies. They have wild ponies yeah. running around. Yeah. All right, John, you're up. <clears throat> okay. Johnny. Scored a deal on an airhead from Johnny. Ken Burr. Scoring a deal. Uh, dear Miss Emma. Hello. <laughs> just a few short weeks ago, you and I were sitting in the lobby bar in Munich drinking Hellas and discussing my interest <laughs> in getting a 75 Norton Commando. Yes. While still dreaming of some someday Commando, an opportunity has fallen into my lap. Oh, good. A friend who's a professional motorcycle mechanic offered me a mid-1970s BMW R75-6. For next to nothing, seriously, practically for free. He knows I've been looking in, looking for a project and appreciates that I will likely bring the bike back to life. I'm rather excited that, good as I was eyeing one much like it at the Museum of Things That Go. Yes. The Fakas Museum? Yeah. Museum of Things That Go? Yeah, like no, that. They've, they've got the Museum of Things That Go in like Munich. That. 
He believes that the bike has no major problems other than several years of neglect. It appears to be complete, but I know I'll need to go through the fuel system, the wiring, yes, yes. the control cables. Yes. Nothing I haven't tackled before. Yes. But it'll also need tires. Yes. My plan is to get it running, run an oily rag over it, and just enjoy riding it. Sounds great to me. This will be my first BMW. In fact, my first European bike. Yep. Are there any specific concerns that I should have with this generation of airheads? Thanks in advance, and also to you, Kat and Nancy, for a lovely time in Munich and the Dolomites, Ken in Connecticut. Oh, what a lovely, lo- nice Ken. lovely. I think this sounds like a great idea. No, it's a, it's a wonderful idea. And I mean, the thing is with, with airheads, they're essentially the very, very simple bikes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so the 75.6 is actually the Cinderella to the Queen that is the 75.5. So the 75.5 is what everyone gets frothy about this is the toaster this is the toaster it's got a drum front brake big chrome flanks on the tank chrome side panels all the things and the 75.6 was essentially an updated version of that it had a disc front brake it had camera case instrument um packs you know it didn't have a speedo in the headlight lovely thing and lovely to ride i used to have an 80 slash 7 right so, yeah, just yeah. very basic. Simple. Yeah, really basic. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that you need to watch for with BMWs is buy the best quality coils you can mm. because the coils are wired in series. So if one coil goes bad, the bike dies. Which, what is a good brand of coils? Bosch. Bosch. <laughs> Yeah. No, but yeah, and that's about <coughs> it, really. But there's nothing, there's nothing complicated about an old airhead BMW. The only issue I ever had when I had an R80 was the rear bezel needed to be well, sort of maintained and oiled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah mm. Stupid things like that. Yeah, but oh, do it. Yeah, do it. Yeah, can't go wrong. I would say stay away from old BMWs, but I refer to the ones with technology. Yeah, yeah, that's different. Yeah, so what, like 85, I think, right. is when it really started getting black so boxes with smoke. I want to just have a brief talk about what Heller's beer is. So Heller's beer is German for light beer. Heller's oh. is, is light. And you can drink gallons of this stuff <laughs> and get enormously drunk and actually just spew nonsense. <laughs> but the best part about it is when you wake up in the morning, it's no hangover because there's no chemicals in this stuff. It's just alcohol and hops. And we would drink huge quantities of this beer and just get roaring drunk and just, it was great. Should I try it, Jim? Do you think it, I might not get a hangover? Uh, you should definitely not try it. Okay. But I do see Bagel nodding his head in approval. No. I, oh, yeah. I take one sip of alcohol and I get a hangover. It's not fair. Not fair at all. I had a hangover after Porco, and I didn't drink alcohol. I was right. in the presence of it. <laughs> oh. uh, all right, Emma, you have another email there to read? I do indeed. And this is from Orin. Hey, and Orin. he said, hi, the name's Orin. And he felt like that was important because my email is a jumble of letters and numbers, which I actually agree with. Um, love the podcast, by the way. Been listening for a while, over a year now. Only listening to old episodes right now, Uh, so I'm not up to date on the current antics. It's a developed product. I would say if you listen to the early episodes, they're very high on enthusiasm, (laughs) but a little rough and ready. (laughs) And, um, you know, we're we're getting a little better at it now. Um, (coughs) 
So, enough about the internet radio. Now onto the bikes, his motorcycles. Currently the owner of four motorcycles. Only one of them actually runs. Are you oh. listening to this bagel? Yes. Yeah, so he's got 25% running. Yeah. He's better the off than you. Not um, same as me. He's got a no, 90... No, you're 20. A 90... Yes, oh, you're, you're right. 20%. You're right. He's got a 1968 CT90, a 1979 XL uh-huh. 250S, which is the only running one. <laughs> what? Think back, Liza, uh-huh. to those late seventies Honda XLs. <clears throat> yeah, I had the one seventy-five. Yeah. No, <coughs> I don't think I don't think the seventy-five did. There was a peculiarity of the two hundred and fifty and the five hundred. It had a twenty-three-inch front wheel. Oh, Ooh. I didn't know that. Yeah, mm. only it lasted for a couple of years. Mm. I can't get the tires for them now, but the idea was they tracked very, very well, which indeed yeah. they did in the dirt. Um, 81 CX500 and my oh. newest favourite, which is 76 Yamaha XT500. That is oh. a very oh. good bike indeed. That's a ripper. Um, I personally wrench on all my bikes, but I'm not be good at it considering only one runs. But I'm improving with every yeah. top-end rebuild. He's done three so far. No, I mean, just ca- carry Those on with it as long as you're having fun. All perfect bikes to really learn on. And you guys get me through every one of them. It's my dream to come down to the garage someday, but I keep on putting it off, mostly because I want to ride one of my bikes, but I'm not being roadworthy makes it a little hard to do anyway got a split until then orin mcclellan well that is a lovely email orin and you know we we encourage people working on their bikes and the only way to really get good at it is just to keep practicing so um carry on with the good work mate Mm -hmm. i had a great time today working with emma and just watching her and learning how to do well, it. Well, it was the first time you'd ever seen an overhead cam bike come, come together. First time I ever dug into one. I've seen them. Yeah. Yes. So overhead camshafts. I worked on old Triumphs and two-strokes before that. So Yeah. So we looked at timing marks yeah. and we looked at marks on rockets. We did. And then we unloaded an automatic cam chain tensioner and then mm-hmm. loaded it back up again. Yep. And uh, did cam chain guides and lots of good things like that, it was great. didn't we? It was great. Well, speaking of coming to visit, we have one more email to read. Bagel, do you have it there? Yes, I do. <clears throat> I have an email from Lyle Osk. Hey, Lyle. Lyle, Lyle Lovett. Yeah. And Lyle says, hello, Misfits. Hello, hello Lyle, Lyle Lovett. It's been about six years since I last checked in, and I still owe Miss Emma a foot rub. <laughs> yeah, you fucking do, mate. You better <laughs> get over here. I rode up to my high school reunion back then, but didn't make it to the garage the day after. I was functioning on five hours of sleep, a slight hangover, and making a detour to the garage would have added two hours to my boring-ass freeway slog back home to Southern California. Lyle, that is the most feeble excuse I have ever heard. (laughs) Feeble. (laughs) Fast forward to to late 2019, when a minivan... Ran a red light. Oh, no. My BMW S1000R slammed into the side of that Toyota. I flew into the B pillar. My left forearm took the brunt of the impact and resembled a boomerang bent at a 45 degree angle. Nasty business. Thanks. Fortunately, some good Samaritan sat me on the curb and moved my mangled bike. The ambulance swept me away and loaded me up with enough ketamine to sedate a small bull. (laughs) 
Two surgeries and four months later, I got back onto my secondary motorcycle. The same day as my final visit to the hospital, I got my settlement and vowed to get back to the classroom, not to learn a new skill, mind you, but to break me of the bad habits that may have contributed to my crash. Mm. Here are some classes I've taken since December 2019. September 2020, I rode at SoCal Supermoto cool. and got comfortable mm-hmm. going fast on a go-kart track while mastering my Supermoto lean and <clears throat> exercising that still-recovering clutch hand. Nice. I've, I've taken three other classes wow. there since then. January 2021, got some basic track instruction from Apex Assassins <laughs> and flogged the Aprilia RS <clears throat> and the Tuono 660s on Bumpy Willow during Aprilia Racer Days. Oh, cool. And then number three, February 2021, I took an, an intermediate off-road class. I've ridden dirt bikes wow. off and on since I was a kid and started to get into ADV riding on my baby GS BMW 310 before my crash. <clears throat> uh, and I got comfy with the bike moving underneath me, riding in sand and recovery on a steep hill, which greatly improved my confidence and technical abilities. Number four, YCRS Champ Street in April 2022. I now ride covering my front brake 90% of the time, Mm, as well as thoroughly understanding lean equals risk. Yeah. I also took my Tiger 900 Rally Pro with 50-50 tires on streets of Willow Springs and rode with a fast group. The only thing that held me back was not getting much feedback from the Adventure Cross front tire. Hmm. And number five, in April 2023, I completed California Superbike School Level 1 and had fun working on the exercises as well as flogging a BMW S1000RR with Mm -hmm. the shift cam, which is addicting when it kicks in at 9 to 10 K RPMs on the two long straightaways at Streets of Willow Springs. I also enrolled in Champ U and Chris Birch's Say No to Slow <laughs> online training courses and nice. can't wait to take my next course, most likely an in-person ADV class so I can flog my Tiger 900 in, the, in my yeah. best impression of the aforementioned Chris Birch. Might be a great guest, cough, cough. <laughs> and Champ School is also planned for the next year. And uh, <laughs> Lyle also writes... You recently discussed, are lawyers worth it? Mm -hmm. And I can attest, my accident lawyer took care of me and even floated and arranged physical therapy so I could focus on recovery and not spend time on the phone dealing with insurance and medical bills. The settlement was generous as well as was their cut, but my good credit was also intact. I wanted to thank you for keeping me entertained, not only during my recovery, but for the past seven years. Geez, that's a long ass time, and I'm still catching mm-hmm. up to current day. Wow. I'm up to episode 468. Wow. Wow. You've been a great addition <laughs> to my ear holes, and I hope you keep sharing your stories and inviting inspiring guests who push my bike curiosity to new levels. Remember, always be smooth. Cheers, Lyle. P.S. I plan on visiting the garage on a rented BMW GS from Twisted, Ro- Twisted Road <laughs> on the Sunday before Labor Day Ooh, and would nice. love to meet the crew for a morning ride or Santa Cruz-style breakfast burrito. Where's my foot rub? 
It'll be there that Sunday, I'm guessing. <laughs> that's uh, Sunday. I will be in UK. Right. Ah. Uh, so I shall be running the garage. I do you want to do a breakfast ride? Yeah, no, I think we can do a breakfast it's ride September for him. September 3rd, I believe. Yes. No, I think we can do a breakfast ride for him. So nice. I'll respond to him. Do you want me to give him... John, do you want to organize that, or should I give? Yeah, him why don't you organize yeah, the breakfast ride? I'll give him yeah. your email address yeah. to reach and we'll, out to. We'll, we'll all do a nice breakfast ride and uh, go out for a ride before we open the garage at eleven, which will be, which will be jolly nice, mm-hmm. um, fantastic. Well, there you Excellent. go, Emma. I wish you could come to Vintage Days. I know you're doing, <clears throat> you know, the cats tours, and that's great because well, you guys you know, are helping people, and it's a great time. But boy, how many times were you like, oh, Emma would have loved this? Well, Emma's been there. So Emma knows what it's all about. You know, it's just, it's like the the precious commodity with all of us really is time. And and that's it. And I am absolutely committed to doing these, these, while there are people to go on them. It's a Sophie's choice. It really is. Um, But while there are people who want to go on them. I am absolutely committed to doing these alpine adventures. It is the most amazing experience. Um, so I'll, I'll never stop doing those as long as I have breath in my body. So come <laughs> nice. on out and visit us. We love it. And, yeah. and time's for running sure. out for summer come vacation. On. Yeah. So, well, Emma, hopefully, hopefully we can get you out to Vintage Days again because there's nothing better than Emma and Phil in the same room together. Yeah, it's just f- we are the flies on the wall watching that. It is, <laughs> it is quite a spectacle. Aha! Yeah. Oh, and uh, we didn't get to it, so just very, very quickly, Bagel. Glad you made it home safe. I know you encountered oh, a you. murder scene. Oh my god. A crime yeah. scene. <clears throat> Emma doesn't know about this. No, I saw his post oh, on the saw, book. That's right. On the book of faces. Just, can you briefly I, just, I don't just know what describe? What just just describe what you encountered. Yeah. So I, I I checked into the the Motel Six in Rapid City, South Dakota, and and went. Well, there there were a couple other people ahead of me at, at the office when I was trying to check in who were having problems with their rooms where the rooms <clears> were not clean, like not made up at all from the last guest. Um, one guy's door wouldn't like latch and close. So it seemed a little like there was some chaos there. And, uh, so they gave me the key to my room and I opened up the room and saw somebody else's belongings strewn all over the place. And then I noticed there was blood smeared all over the beds and the floor. (laughs) What? Oh, you haven't so, seen the pictures? No. Oh my god. Oh yeah. So I oh my god. Uh, I took two pictures, closed the door, went right back to the office and said, I am not comfortable staying here. I would like a refund and I will be on my way. Thank you very much. <clears throat> uh, can I ask and, how much the room was? Uh I think it was seventy five dollars, something like that. Okay, all right. Okay. So, you know, not not out of the ordinary for motel six in the midwest but uh apparently i i should have looked at the reviews for this place before staying there <laughs> because um they have a lot of reviews with a lot of very uh sorted stories and uh i i also called the uh the south dakota department of health the next day oh, about it. it's like the black light special <clears throat> And uh, and uh, talked to the woman. She said, what, what city are you calling about? I said, Rapid City. She said, are you calling about the Motel 6? Oh, I said, gosh. how did you know? 
<laughs> Apparently, wow. they have a very long file on this place. So, so note to everyone who's traveling out there. Oh my God! Did you rummage through the belongings while you were there? Or no, no, I did not <laughs> stick around to check anything out more than what I already had seen. That was plenty. Yeah, that is a lot of blood. It's like no country for old men. <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> that is scary. So, our friend Michelle at the chalet yeah. and Custer, who didn't have an empty room, let him sleep in the shed. Oh gosh, hey, better than. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> luckily, actually, a room did open up because because oh. uh, somebody who had had booked a room booked two by mistake. So, oh, at the chalet, which is a wonderful little spot to stay. Oh yes, it was absolutely lovely. Well, and good. Thanks, thanks very much to Michelle for her her wonderful hospitality. <gasps> Michelle is a good egg. Oh, they don't yes. get any better. So that yeah, his adventure lasted a little bit longer than ours. Yeah. Ooh. Wow, that but was luckily a lot of blood. I, I made it out of there unscathed. Wow. All right. Well, there you go. That yeah. is AMA Vintage Days recap. Again, cannot thank Phil and his crew enough. Mm-hmm. And the AMA yep. and Mid-Ohio. Yep. Right. All, I mean, all of them make the it captain. a better experience. <laughs> and the captain. <clears throat> yeah, of course, all the listeners who showed up. I mean... I, it's my favorite. It's, it's my favorite place in the world. It's my favorite place to be for all those reasons. So, thank you to everyone who had any part in any of it <clears throat> for making it cool. Um, real quickly, go to motorcyclesandmisfits.com. Those guys. Check out our links to all the stuff. <laughs> I still have t shirts for sale. And send us your emails, motorcyclesandmisfits at gmail.com. And follow us on social media, Instagram and Facebook. The yeah. Book of Faces and Instagram. Yep. Exactly. And then uh, stay tuned next week. We get the report on the Dolomites. Yes. I can't wait. We had some of our friends were there. Yes. Scott was there. Puppy was there. Puppy was Puppy there. Puppy was there. People who've been in this room were there. So Right. I can't wait to hear. Patrick was there. Really? You remember Patrick? You gave him a lap dance for his oh. 35th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Yes, but I didn't fondle his balls. I do remember that. <laughs> yes. So Well, the world is thankful for that. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, what a great week. What a great month. Oh, my gosh. What a yeah. great month. No, they right? just keep coming because that's what we do. And you know what? Mine, Jim, I didn't tell you. Mine is not over yet because next weekend I'm going to the Jonas Brothers concert. I got you beat. I'll be in Maui. <laughs> oh, wow. I'll be yeah. up country in Makawao having some bomb-ass sushi. Okay, well. Nice. It's a good. tie. It's Because you do like the Jonas Brothers. I do Brothers. like the Jonas you Brothers. Do. I'm so excited. We'll call it a tie. I'm so excited. All right. So thank you to everyone. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers. Yep, they're the best. To Phil, to everybody. Oh, we're just living a good life. Yep. We're living a good it's life. It's the motorbike life. It is. It's the good life. Yeah, we're it really is. is the good life. So thank you to everyone. I think it's time to get out of here. This is Liza. Stumpy John. Emma Darling. Thank you, Jim, son. Bagel. And we are out of here. Cool, cool, cool. cool. cool.